Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. I'm going to share tonight, and 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 I actually uh, I actually felt like the Lord told me to share with this point of view tonight, and so I'm going to share from the mindset of a father tonight, and um, <clears throat> and so it may be talking, it may be teaching, it may be preaching. It's just going to be a little bit of it all, but I really feel I I do have something to share tonight, and I think we we've got to be. Uh, like we, we do this because we want to know his heart, right? We, okay. we do this because we want to know his heart. And as we know his heart, he enables us to share his heart, to manifest his heart. And, and we're, we're not a real, we're not an outreach driven church. I, I don't, I think, let's be honest, sometimes we do outreach in the church because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Not because we have a heart for have a heart for outreach, and um, but that doesn't negate the fact the Lord wants us to live constantly on fire and constantly sharing His goodness, and 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 so I, I think what the Lord would have us do is like what what I what what we experience should eventually translate into what someone else experiences. And, and it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, I think the NLT says Christ in us, the expectation of glory. And so, so we, we want the world to see his glory. We want what, what's been prayed two or three times throughout, especially the Old Testament, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Like, and and, and that, that comes via his children. It would be a lot easier. It'd be, it'd be a lot easier. It'd be a lot easier if he just made a sovereign move of the Lord. Okay, I'm going to, like we sing that song, Let It Rain. That, that's a sovereign move of God. That's the Lord. And the Lord does that. But then I think there's other times where, well, it's like we could quote seven, Second Chronicles chapter 7, where it says, if my people would humble themselves and pray and repent and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and then I would heal their land. And so that's all contingent upon what we, the Lord and I think, if, if I'm really honest, I think there's a lot that we've wanted the Lord to do. And I think there's a lot that the Lord's waiting for running crazy. I'm just saying, I, I think there's, there's something the Lord wants to do. And, and, and one is he really wants us to realize the, the, the truth about his kingdom. Luke 17. Luke 17, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read this passage two times. I'm going to read from the NASB and then I'm going to read the Passion. Luke 17, 20 says, Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Okay, real quick. He's not talking about signs and wonders. And I've heard that preached that way before. Signs means... Like visible, tangible things. Like we're waiting on X, Y, and Z as the announcement. And so the context would be they thought that Jesus was going to overthrow the government. OK? 
Okay, so that's what they thought the sign was going to be. All right, so the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Let me read the Passion. It's not coming with signs to be observed, but the kingdom of God is in your midst. Passion says this, Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will the kingdom realm come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm does not come by simply obeying principles or waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. You've heard me say this jokingly, but it, it, it's really not a joke. Like one of my biggest problems with the church is that we've got our theology from a movie with Kirk Cameron. And because of that, we've prayed for him to rapture us and save us from the planet rather than us demonstrating his goodness, which saves the planet. See, here, I mean, like... It's mind-boggling to me that Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of the, na- of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I've taught you, and lo, I'll be, you with, be with you to the very end of age. Like, it's mind-boggling to me that we read that and think, well, that applies to every generation except for us. It's like, well, come back and save us. And he's saying, well, I give you this task first. I don't think Jesus, I I really don't think Jesus is going to come and say, my bad, give you something too hard. (laughs) I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's waiting for his sons and his daughters to realize what we actually have and actually live this stuff out. And I'm not saying that to beat us up. I actually hope this encourages us tonight because he says it's not coming with signs to be observed, which means that it's, it's, not, it's not coming with, with signs that you can closely watch in the sense of, like, revival won't break out, no matter, revival won't break out depending if there's a Democrat or Republican in the office, okay? Revival will not break out depending on what legislation gets passed, it's, it's not going to break out depending on what, what, what leaders vote around the world. It's, it's, it's not going to break out depending on what great programs we have. It's, it's not going to break out depending. Uh, you could name a litany of things that we're like, uh, if this happens, it's going to be better. It's, it's, that's not going to have anything to do with it. I think it's going to happen when we realize that it's in our midst. And so instead of waiting, God, please come. And like, we want to pray, please come, please come, please come. But he actually does come. And he actually says, I am in your midst. And what would it look like if we got a revelation that he really is in our midst? Not just when we meet in this room, but when I'm at the checkout line at the grocery store. Or when I'm at the line at the bank waiting to deposit my check. Or I'm at the pharmacy waiting to pick up a prescription. Like, what would it look like if we realized that he is in our midst right there? I 
again, we, we want him to pour out his spirit. We want revival. I want it. Like, I've prayed things like, I want to see, you know, and just in Louisville, like in our little shopping center here, I'm like, Lord, I'd, I'd love for the liquor stores to close. I'd love for them to make it illegal to set lottery tickets where people waste their money and, and then they don't have any, you know, it, it's just, it preys on people. I'd, I'd love for the strip clubs to close that's across the street, Right? I'd love for those women to find out who they are in Jesus. I'd love for the abortion clinics to close. We're almost a, a free state, by the way. I think there's two clinics in the state. I could be wrong. Could, there's actually one. We're down to one. Praise the Lord. And it's here. It's in our city. Now, you're not ever going to see me picket the place. I don't do that. But I sure will throw my love and support and... Uh, helping those women out. But we want to see those things close. And we want to see people saved, healed, delivered, sanctified, set free. And we say that revival comes once those things happen. And, and while I, I agree that those would be signs that it has come, but what if saying we need those to come in order for it to happen? What if we said it is happening, therefore those things will come? Does that make sense? Like, like it's, a change in, it's a change in perspective. Not I need to see this, 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 this to believe it has come. But to believe it has come, therefore this has to happen. Okay? So like even in this, this room, it's like, it's like it, it is, do, do we want to say revivals come the moment that we have every seat filled? Or do we say revivals come because our hearts are being changed and we're drawing closer to Jesus right now? Does that make sense? And so, so I want to say like the kingdom of heaven is in our midst. <laughs> Mark 1, 14 and 15 says, now after John had been taken into custody, talking about John the Baptist, now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Believe means to trust and to be utterly convinced that it is true. What would it look like if we actually believed it to be true? And, like, I, I, and, and again, I know you believe because you're here on a Friday night. But what if, <coughs> what if we took this book or this collection of 66 books and we said, this is true. And this is, <coughs> this is when I was in middle school and high school that if you were in the hall when class was in session and you'd be walking down the hall, you know, and they'd be like, do you have your hall pass? Do you have your permission slip to be out here? And you'd whip that sucker out and be like, I can wander all around because they gave me this, right? What would it look like if we took this and said, this is our permission slip? That, that in the morning when I wake up, I look at it to, and I don't just read it so I can read it and get through my, my chapter a day or whatever it is. I don't want to talk about that. But what if I actually said, I'm going to sit before this and I'm going to sit before this book and I'm going to allow it to read my heart. And I'm going to say, Jesus, this book, the whole thing describes who you are. The whole thing points to you because it really does. 
even like in the, in, like, like, like you're like, well, prove it. Well, look, Noah's Ark. We could go like get real fun with just Noah's Ark. What, what was the Ark built out of? Wood. What was his cross built out of? Wood. What did Noah send out? What, well, first of all, what destroyed the earth or what, what gave the earth an opportunity for a new birth? Flood, the waters. What happens when we get baptized in him? New birth, we come up, right? I mean, what, what, do you know how many windows were in Noah's Ark? There's one window on the side. I actually think that represents where he was pierced in his side when he was on the cross and the blood and the water came out. So like, I think the whole book points to him. And the Lord's been given a grace to just see Jesus. Like I, when I've been reading it, I've been like, Jesus, I'm going to see you on every single page. Not, not, not that I just want to read it. <laughs> I've been working through the song. Not, not, not that I just want to read it. But I want to see you on every single page. And what would it look like if we started to believe that when we read it? Like, I'm going to see you, and therefore you're going to see me and I'm going to be transformed. And, and, and I'm going to believe what your word says. I may not, like, like and, and for, by the way, don't, get, don't feel guilty if you can't memorize the word, chapters and verses. That doesn't matter. Chapters and verses weren't in it originally anyway. But I promise, like, and I, I struggle even rattling off chapters and verses, but I can quote verse after verse after verse when I get going. I have no clue where they are. I just know they're in here because he wrote it on my heart. <laughs> so what would it look like if he started writing it on our heart? I, I think we'd actually see revival. And, and, and so he says, repent and believe, repent, change the way you think. And I actually think it's this, like, I think for our purposes, we could say, change the way we think and believe everything that's in there and, and not just believe it's for two or three or four people that we think's on fire, but it's for every single one of us. Like, I'll be, I'll be honest, like, like, like when, when I first met Dan, Dan Bohai, like I, I First of all, Dan started telling stories about praying for people in public. And he'd see them get touched by God. And like I thought, that's really cool. And I'd be, I'd be like, I want him to tell me more stories. And I want him to tell me more stories. And I want him to tell me more stories. Right? I'll never forget this, by the way. We were at, it had been awakening 2000 and. 2015, my dad had just got diagnosed with cancer. And I had made a point to wait till I got there to tell Dan. And I, I walked up to Dan, and it was like right when we first get there. Some of you guys know him, some of you don't. And he's weird. I mean, he's weird sometimes. But I walked up to him, and I said, I'd like you to pray for my dad. And he looked at me, and this sounds totally harsh. He looked at me and said, why? And I said, well, he has cancer. And he goes, no, why do I need to pray for Like, and I'll be honest, like it, offend, it offended me. I was mad in that moment. But what he's saying is, why don't you believe the things that you've re been reading about that your prayer, like, because the word says that the prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. Well, if I'm righteous, if I'm in right standing with the Lord, I'm a righteous man. And if I'm a righteous man, my prayers are going to accomplish much. It doesn't mean I don't honor authority figures. 
But it just means that I believe the same is true of me as him. Now, my anointing is different than his. My skill sets and giftings are different than his. But the word is still true for me as it is for him. And so as a church, as a church, I want us to begin to pray, God, I want to begin to believe your word for me, not just two, three, or four people, because the kingdom of heaven is in our midst, which means in your midst means, it means this, it means among you, it means within hand's reach. It, it's like, you know, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is in your midst, he's, he's talking about himself, but he's talking about the kingdom as well. Okay, and that's like hard to articulate, but he's like, you're looking around everywhere for it, but it's right here. And what would it look like if we as a Christian people said, it's right here? It changed everything. Like, like if just a few people who's in this room, and like, I'm not offended, there's not, everyone's not here tonight. I actually think, and I'll just say, I think the Lord shielded this from everyone tonight because some aren't ready to hear it. So, anyway, and it's being recorded, so they'll hear that later. There's something to be said of that too, by the way. So it's in your midst, it's among you. What's the kingdom? It's Romans 14, 17 says it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So like that's, 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 what, that's what the kingdom is. It's, it's those three things. There's lots of things, but that's, it's, if, if it's not full of righteousness, if it doesn't have joy, if it doesn't have peace, it's not the kingdom. What if I'm really happy? Does that mean I'm in the kingdom? No. <laughs> Are you righteous? <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, it's. Those things are the markers. I think the Lord's just looking for people that just just believes that very thing. I think the Lord's looking for people that just says, "All right, I'm done." I am done settling. And I'm done, like, I'm done with just Christian life as usual. And there's nothing wrong with Christian life as usual. Okay. There's something wrong with Christian life as usual. (laughs) But you're still probably going to go to heaven. But there's more, is what I'm trying to say. There's more. And like, I, I, want, I want to be able to read this book and think if, if, if I was, if, if, if my life story got, got one day put in here, it's not going to because canon's closed. We understand that. But, but, but if, my, if you opened it up and, and, and somehow I got inserted between Acts chapter 7 and 8 and I was just right in there, Michael Perkins' life story. Like right now, it'd probably be laughable in comparison to some of those guys that's in there. It's like Stephen just got stoned to death, right? Stephen just got, uh, and Stephen preached one of the greatest messages ever. He told the entire story, knowing that he's going to die. And I'm thinking someone wrote something silly about me on Facebook. <laughs> like it's laughable. 
But I want my life to make sense in this book. I want my life to make sense in the context of like Acts 3, 1. Silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk, right? It, it, I just, just want us to realize that he really is in our midst. And, and the answer for the world around us is the, is, is the world that's within us. That's it. The answer for the world around us is who lives inside of us. See, here, here's the thing, too. We pray like stuff like Matthew 6.10 on your kingdom kind of will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, sometimes as, as Christians, we want the king, we just don't want the king done. But when he comes, he brings his whole realm with him. I say it again. We want the king, but not necessarily his kingdom. So, so if if I were to go somewhere, if I was an ambassador for a nation, I, I represent the nation. I don't bring the nation with me. I just do the representation. When he comes, he brings everything with him. Like that doesn't make sense. That's hard to understand. It's almost as if it's a hostile takeover. He's like, I'm not just coming. I'm bringing me and everything with me. I read an act, or not acts. I read in Psalm, I can't remember if it was 33 or 34. I, I read 31 through 35 today. But I think it's Psalm 34 that says that he sends his angels to surround you. Uh, like he dispatch, he's like, oh, the kingdom's there. Won't well, surround them. I think that's pretty cool. And so when the king shows up, he brings everything with him. And what is everything he brings with him? He brings righteousness, joy, and peace. And all of it's in the Holy Spirit. You're like, well, how? And, and, and it makes sense. If his kingdom's coming on earth as it is in heaven, all of heaven's righteous. There's going to be no unrighteousness there whatsoever because he kicked that out. So everyone and everything is in right standing with God there. So he wants everyone and everything to be in right standing, which is righteousness with him here. He wants it to be joy. It's going to be joyful there, right? It says he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, right? There's going to be, I mean, there's, there's these angels that say, holy, holy, holy over and over and over. And, and then we heard Stuart Graves a few years ago. It, it, like these angels are covered with eyeballs all over their bodies, which is absolutely horrifying when you think about it. And all they're doing is saying, holy, holy, holy. And they're going around him. And he says the reason why they're covered with eyeballs is because they never want to take their eye off of him. But they're always fixed on him. So it doesn't matter what angle they have, they're still looking at him. And so that's like a joyful thing to get to worship him over and over and over and over and over, right? And then there's this peace. And, and, and I've heard this said, peace, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the absence of storms. Peace is the ability to not get your lunch eaten every time a storm shows up. Peace is the ability to be able to sleep in a storm. Right? And Jesus, I'm sorry, you can't sleep through a storm unless you have authority over a storm. That's why his boys were stressed out. And he's, we're going to die. 
you're not. Shut up. Peace be still. You know, I, don't, I know he didn't say shut up, but I, I like to believe sometimes he got annoyed. And by the way, what if he was so living in our hearts because he was never stressed out. He was never stressed out. And if he lives inside of our hearts, what would it look like if we never got stressed out when the storm came? What you got? Because it's in our midst. What would it look like if we're over here at Dollar General and like that's turning into our mission field? I told Brett the other night, it's mind-boggling to me. Like, we spent the first two years on that side of the shopping center, and the moment we opened that door up right there, and it's still not really fully opened, it's going to be. But the moment we, it was like a whole new world opened up to us. A whole new world opened up to us right there. And what would it look like if we saw someone that had a need, and we're like, it's okay, the kingdom's in your midst. I have everything that you need. <laughs> you got money? No, but what I have, I give to you. We'd start believing this. Like, and you've heard me rattle off because it's probably my favorite two verses in the Bible. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And as you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which translates in your midst or it's within arm's reach. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, now freely give. Like, what if that really was true? I think it is. But what if it, what if it really was true? What if, and it's not us healing anyone, and, 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 and it's not us doing it, it's him in us and through us, but, but, but what if we took that as our permission slip to be like, if anyone's sick, he lives inside of me and he wants to touch him. If anyone needs set free, we're going to set them free. <laughs> it's public now, so I, I can say it because Rob filmed it, but the day of the women's conference, uh, one of the mornings of the women's conference, we had, is today, uh, Friday, was that the day you had breakout sessions? Friday, the women's conference, I, I went into uh, uh, FedEx Kinko's, and I went in, that's where I go get copies, because it's cheap. <laughs> I went in there, and, and I was there by myself, and, and I walk in, and the guy immediately, like, he, he looks at me, and he says, who are you, what do you need, and I'm like, I'm Michael Perkins, and I'm with the church, and I'm getting our paperwork. He starts throwing up violently. Like, it sounds weird, and I can tell the story tonight. He's like, when I say throwing up violently, I mean like violent, like, oh my goodness, is this guy going to die, throw up. And, and he's like, and just all over the place. And I'm like, what, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I thought my presence made someone throw up. <laughs> but he runs to the back of, of this thing, and it's not much, it's a little bit bigger, the area's a little bit bigger than this room, but he runs to the back, and he's like just heaving, heaving, heaving. And I look around, and I'm like, it's just me and him. I'm like, what do I do? 
And the Lord spoke so clearly and said, he needs set free right now. And I'm like, oh my goodness. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. And I said, oh my goodness, Lord. And he said, you're here because I ordained you to be here. And so again, I did a double check. I'm not going to lie. Make sure I was, wasn't the only. I'm like, all right. And so I did this. And I, there's that little like, I don't know, like the countertop that's a fake count that you, it's like, I went right back. <laughs> and he's looking at me terrified at this point and just uh, uh, all over. And he said, what is going on? And I said, in the name of Jesus, be free right now. And he hit the ground like a rock. And so then I'm like really scared because like I'm on the other side of the counter. I'm sure it's being videoed at this point. And I'm the only one there and I'm standing over this man. He hits like a rock and I'm like, you okay, buddy? I, I don't know, what do you say? You okay, buddy? And he gets up and he said, what happened? What just happened? And I said, I, I, I can't really articulate what all happened. But all I know is that you were bound up and there was something that had a hold of you and it no longer has a hold of you. And he says, what do you mean? And I said, it's because of Jesus. And then I led him through the Romans road to salvation. And like, it just sounds so silly. It sounds so silly. But like, and I'm not saying you will have all these weird experiences, encounters. But I think there is something to be said that if we just start to believe it. So he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Like, I can't explain that. I just, I'm just saying, I believe it's real and I believe they're real. And there's no reason for someone to do that unless, unless it's really true. Freely you receive, freely give. Like, what if we just believe that? I can't, I like, what if we just believed it? What if we made a conscious effort to live our lives, believing the gospel and giving him away everywhere we go? And I'm not telling you preach a sermon everywhere you go. And I'm not telling you try to draw attention to yourself. Because I, I think if you want the Lord not to use you, you take a selfie when you're doing it. Or you post it on Facebook. Like I think, I'll tell you this too. Like the Lord convicted me almost, it's been a year. I used to put all my testimonies on Facebook. And because I was bragging on the Lord, it wasn't bragging on me. And the Lord told me, people think that you're bragging about yourself. And so now I only do about one out of every 10 I'm allowed to share. And so I'm tithing my testimonies on those things. The Lord lets me give those testimonies when they're public. Meaning that... Nine times out of ten, if it's just myself, I'm not going to share it anymore. But if I'm with someone or someone saw it, witnessed it publicly, I will share it. Because I don't want to draw attention to myself. I want to draw attention to Him. Most of this kingdom work is work that never gets seen, never gets recognized, and never gets awards. Although it's always seen, it's always going to get recognized and it's always going to get rewards. 
it's just a matter of if you're willing to wait another 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years for your rewards. Okay. What would it look like if people just had no agenda and we just believed the gospel? What would it look like, seriously, if we just believed it? No agendas, no look at me, no doing anything to make ourselves feel better. And I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. I'm just saying, I've been there, I've done that. I have have gotten the phone calls, not here, but I've gotten the phone calls from denominational leadership saying, what outreaches have you done this month? thinking, man, we're just struggling right now to even get by. And so we throw something to get better. We throw something together so we can say, well, we did this. And I think that's wrong. I think it's wrong. But what would it look like? And there's nothing wrong with those things if the Holy Spirit tells you to do it. Okay. Now, I will say, you have your green light to go ahead and just believe the gospel and live it out every day. And as a church, I think it's of a, a paramount importance for us to begin to just believe this. That every person that you meet, you have the answer to whatever question they have. You have the answer to every question everyone has. Now, now you may not be able to explain it to them in a sense. Because some questions people have is really hard and complicated. But when you keep getting, keep getting, keep getting, or keep asking why, 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 it always comes back to the same thing, Jesus. That's the answer everyone needs. It's like, why I have cancer? It's Jesus. My kid ran away from home. Jesus. I have substance abuse problems. Jesus. My spouse is crazy. Jesus. I, I mean, it's, it's, my spouse isn't crazy. I'm the crazy one. But, 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 a little bit, you're right. But we have that answer. If Christ in us the hope of glory, it changed things for people. So I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Like we have the permission to destroy hell everywhere we go. That's and that's that's first John 3 8. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. So why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. And guess what? Oh, he lives inside of me, so I guess he's still, and if he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever, I guess he's still in the business of destroying hell. And so just, just because by proxy, it's, it's, like, it's like since Brett lives with us, Brett gets to do things because he lives with us because of your proximity to the Perkins family, right? Well, he lives inside of us, therefore we get to participate in what he does just because of proximity to him. Destroy the works. It means to dismiss the works of the devil. It means you're done. Go on. Run along. It means means to set free. It means to release from circumstances. It means to tear down. It means like, oh, that's your certain. That's nothing for my Jesus. I know that that thing is great big, but Jesus is king. Be free. What if they don't get free? I don't know. What if that's not even a thought in their mind? <laughs> I'm just saying. Last point, and this is a review point. 
but I think it's an important one. You're a powerful people if he lives inside of you. You're full of potential if he lives inside of you. Full of all kinds of potential. And again, this is not for, this is not for people behind the pulpit only. This is not for your heroes of faith. Okay. This isn't for I mean, this this isn't for just Dan and Rob and Corey and Jay Jellison that we know. This isn't for like just the Todd Whites and this isn't just for the Bill Johnsons. This isn't for, for all those famous people. And I love what the Lord's doing in their lives. I honor what the Lord's doing in your life because it gave me permission to believe the Lord wants to do the same thing in my life, okay? <laughs> this is for everyday, ordinary people to believe the gospel. With people, Matthew 19, 26, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him who believes. You've seen me do this time and time again. Everything is possible to him who believes and all things are possible for God. So, so let's say this. What type of restrictions does God have? None, it's not a trick question. <laughs> he won't violate your free will, okay? But he has no restrictions. And if I believe, what restrictions do I have? Right? I mean, seriously. Seriously. And it'd be heresy, but it's not because it's in the Bible. <laughs> he actually said, he actually said, greater things than these you'll do. And I'm thinking, I haven't raised anyone from the dead yet. You know? Like, and I'm not trying to be weird. I had the thought the other day, like, when we see a, a hearse, why is my reaction like, oh, I feel so bad for those people rather than saying, I just want to go pray. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, I know. It's, right? Jesus, he messed up every funeral he ever attended. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it, it's, we can just, we have a lot to believe. And if we want to win our city, I want to believe that book. I want to believe what's in there and I want to believe it's for me. I want to believe it's for every person in our church. I want to believe it's for every person in our church. I don't want to be the only one that shares those weird stories. Like, I, I, I would love for one day to just not even have to be able to say a single word, but just one by one, people start popping up. It was like, this week God did this through me. This week God did this through me. I had a prayer meeting at aisle nine at the grocery store, right? Or, or I, I prayed for my banker and they got hit. Like, I led 10 people to the Lord this week. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's just they keep asking me, what must I do to be saved? Like, like I, I think it'd just be really cool. It'd be really, really cool. And uh, I'm just going to tell you this, and then I want to pray for us. Like, following Jesus is a whole lot of fun. Someone that's introverted by nature. Following Jesus is a lot of fun. I know you all don't believe me. I see the looks. <laughs> I like my quiet time and I like being alone. But, but the moment I just said, you know what? The kingdom of heaven is in my midst. And everything that 
he brings everything. He brings all of his furniture. He brings all, the, all his house guests. He brings it all with him. The moment I started believing that it really was in my midst, and it wasn't way out here, but it's right here, it was the moment everything changed. It was the moment that this became a lot of fun. I say that, I don't say that like irreverently because that's this is with the fear of the Lord. It became a lot of fun because I started seeing a move in my life. And there were days, we've pastored some really good churches, but there were some Sundays I'm like, Lord, what's going on? And there were some weeks where those things that he did in my personal life carried me through the hard rocks I was standing before. And I don't mean that mean. That's just the reality. There were days where I would get a testimony and I'd be able to share it in front of her people and then they'd believe the Lord wanted to do the same thing for them and then we'd see the Lord do it. And now it's like you get a testimony and then like stuff that happened two, three, four, five years ago. They will share some of those things just this past week with someone because they were in the exact same situation. And I'm like, oh, it's not hopeless because this happened a couple years ago. It's been the first time I've seen this circumstance since then, but this happened then. I bet God wants to do it right now. That happened at, uh, well, Academy. That would have been today's Friday, so Academy Sports yesterday morning. <laughs> got a prayer meeting at the baseball glove section. Three people. First was an employee with a wrist brace. Lord heals him. What's going on? Then the manager came up because they thought I was distracting the employee and he's in tears. He's like, What's going on? He's like, My hand doesn't hurt. And he's like, Well, my leg hurts. <laughs> I'm like, I think God can take care of that too. And someone else came by and said, well, their hand hurts. Another employee. Because by then, we had two employees, manager and employee, crying. I'm not telling you you're going to heal people all the time. I'm just, just want to believe the gospel. And if we want, I say this, like, I, I'm content. If this is all we ever have, I'm content. I don't think this is all the Lord wants for us. And, and that's not going to happen because we throw the biggest, I don't know. That's not going to happen because we spend the most in clever advertising. And it's not going to happen because we have the best donuts and the best coffee. Right? It, it's not going to happen because we have the slickest presentations. It's going to happen because we have people that believe the gospel and begin to share the good news of Jesus in their day-to-day -day life. In their day-to-day -day life. Not waiting for a church-wide evangelism committee to say, go do evangelism. But people who say, I have the good news and I can't keep it to myself. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I just want to pray for us that we live this stuff out and that we believe this stuff. And I'm going to pray. I know it's late, but it's Friday. I seriously, where? what better place to be? I'm going to pray you take this and you receive this as your permission. This is not, it is in one sense a history book. 
But this is but this is not a history book. It has historical things in it. But this is not a history book describing someone that lived long ago. This is a book that describes someone's character who's alive right now that we have the honor and the privilege of getting to know. Okay? So Lord, I pray that you would just release a grace tonight. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.